The following podcast is a Next Level production. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and happy Halloween. That's right. It it worked out this year. You know, I post episodes every other Monday now, and it just so happened to work out that this year Halloween fell on a Monday. So look at that coincidence or kismet, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, but again, welcome to a new episode of the podcast, and it's the Halloween episode, which I would say we do every year, but this is only the second year of the show. So second annual Halloween episode. Uh, And we are kicking it off with a great topic. We're going to talk about our top five favorite horror remakes. And there's quite a few of them out there. Some of them are pretty great. Some of them not so great. Uh, But that doesn't mean the not so great ones won't make our top five favorites because that's what they are. They're our favorites and they're our favorites for a reason. But I need a guest to do that. She was my guest for the Halloween episode last year. So I figured, why not bring her back? Please welcome back to Wilhelm, my friend, Jamie Dimmick. Hi. You're back again for a second Halloween episode. It's like Halloween is my specialty or something. I don't know why we would think that. I mean, (laughs) it's anybody who knows you. I don't know why they would know you for horror stuff. Like it's a, right. it's not like you go to a horror convention twice a year and meet all these different people and wear Camp Crystal like T-shirts and hoodies and, and have a full sized mummy in my living room all year round. That I did not know, and uh, or maybe was, I did. I'm sure I might have probably seen it. I mean, it was tucked away in the corner when you came over, but yeah, okay, she so lives maybe, there all year. Okay. All right. But I mean, if you're if you're listening to the audio, you're going to miss this. But however, as I mentioned last episode, uh, there are video versions of this now. And to anybody who is watching uh, the video version of this, uh, if you're listening to the audio, you're going to miss this part. But if you're watching the audio, the video part of it, uh, Jamie and I unintentionally came prepared in the T-shirts that we are wearing is I am wearing an Evil Dead T-shirt and she is wearing a Friday the 13th T-shirt. So we are we're Halloweened out in our attire this episode. So, which uh, is appropriate for what we're going to uh, what we're going to discuss. Which, as I mentioned at the top, top five favorite horror remakes, and I have a feeling we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. We're going to share some. I think, I, yeah, I, I, at least one for sure. Well, you think you think our number one is probably the same. One or two, depending on. Yeah. Depending on where it fits. Yeah. yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. And I'm really curious now because now I really want to know if it is the same one. Um, but I don't think it's, it's not. You're just wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, <laughs> we'll debate that when we get to that point. But, well, I mean, in all honesty, I'm looking at my top five. Excuse me. And my one and two could very easily be swapped. They're that close in how much I enjoy both of those movies. So uh, we will find out when we get to that point. But before we get to that point, I was going to say, like, usually when I bring my guests on, I announce them as like the like the host or the co-host of something. Last time you were on, you were just a, a person who guested on a lot of podcasts. But I think since then, 
it's changed. I think you are the co-host of a podcast now, right? I am the Sandman cast podcast on Podcastica with Mark Kirkman and Lara. Yeah, and Mark, who's been on the podcast a number of times, was actually on the last episode where we talked about uh, top five community episodes. So Mark's a, a common guest on the podcast. And I I would like to say I listen and I love it, but I haven't watched Sandman yet. It's so good. I'm so far behind. <laughs> it. I'm behind on podcasts, so that's fine. Uh, but Sandman has always been one of my favorite fandoms, like it, possibly my very favorite fandom. Okay. Yeah, Neil Gaiman is is an amazing writer. Um so I mean it's Sandman I have read the graphic novels. It's been a long time since I've read them. So and one of the things I didn't want to reread them before watching the series because I wanted to see how much of it I remember going into it and I haven't even done that yet because I haven't started <laughs> the podcast. I haven't started the series or the podcast. I literally Earlier today, just got caught up with. Uh, I finally I watched the 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 season finale of House of the Dragon, which I, I I didn't fall behind on that only because well I did I fell two weeks behind so last yesterday I watched episodes nine and ten I watched the penultimate and the finale and the finale just aired not too long ago so I'm, I'm pretty caught up with that I finally got caught up with The Walking Dead earlier today I'm behind um. All right, well, then I, I won't uh, <laughs> tell you about the oh shit moment that uh, at least it was an oh shit moment for me in the latest episode. I'm um, two episodes behind. I'm going to catch up this week. Okay. And I, I still have not watched past the pilot episode of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I, I watched three episodes and then found then somebody else who lives in this house said they wanted to watch it and we haven't gone back to it <laughs> oh man just tell your daughter she needs to get caught up right i know who it is i know you know who it is i know who it is um that's so, what yeah. walking dead too that's why i'm behind on that one too oh is, is that one of the reasons why you're behind on that tell him to get his ass in gear right or i can it's tell him I know him too i mean <laughs> instead we watched and then we were going to watch that instead we watched the watcher is is that the the wait the, the Keanu Netflix. Reeves movie or the Netflix? Okay, the Netflix show. That's based on a true story. Yes, I was aware. I was aware of the true story. He was not. I was like, oh, I wanted to watch this. I know the story, and I wanted to see what they did. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm 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 aware of the true story as well. Yeah, I was. I thought it was a fun watch. It was bananas. It was weird. I mean, I, mean, I know they take liberties because oh, they take a lot of liberties. Well, because the true story is really not as thrilling as would make good television yeah but it was I mean, a the, great starting point for a crazy banana show oh see now i really want to watch it because I, again i i mean it, it, it's on my list to watch but I, yeah i mean the true story is basically just a bunch of letters that were sent and then it never really went past that and the right. mystery even kind of fizzled out at that point it was never solved who sent them but right. it just kind of fizzled out so i'm interested to see where they took that base and created a television series on top of it. I thought, I think it's worth watching. Okay. It's already on my list. So, yeah. uh, and then again, this episode is releasing on Halloween. So at the time you're hearing this, it's been a couple days, but for us recording, uh, it actually just happened today. We got today and yesterday, we got two new Marvel trailers that just released. Uh, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania, which just released 
yesterday from the day we're recording. And then today they released the trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Which, I missed that. Oh, yeah. It just released earlier today. And it looks so great. It looks so good. Oh, I'm excited. Now I know what I'm doing when we finish this. And that comes that releases on Disney Plus uh, in November. So nice. I might be talking about that on the podcast next month. So I think it's late November, too. I think it's like November 25th. So probably closer to Thanksgiving. So we'll find out. But yeah, we'll probably talk about that a little bit on the podcast next month. But let's get into our topic for this episode, which, as I mentioned, and if you're watching the video, you see on the screen, top five favorite horror remakes. Uh, Jamie and I are going to reveal our choices for top five horror remakes. Jamie does not know any of my top five. I don't know any of hers or any of hers. So we're hearing them for the first time as we reveal them. And as with any episode of this podcast, there's always an opportunity for spoilers because we are going to talk about the movies when we reveal them. So you have been warned if you haven't seen them. Although all of the ones on my list have been out for nine, ten years. So we're well past spoiler territory. On yeah, all of mine. mine. Mine as well. I mean, the newest one is nine years ago. So um, I might have just dropped a hint as to <laughs> which which one it is. <laughs> but we'll see. So uh, we're going to go in order from five to one. And then at the end, we'll do some honorable mentions as well, if we have any of those. So I'm going to turn it over to you first to kick us off. Uh, favorite horror remake number five on your list. What do you got? The Amityville Horror, speaking of horror houses. The Ryan Reynolds remake. The Ryan Reynolds, yeah. It is been a while since i've seen that one so i don't really remember it enough to put it on my list well one is ryan reynolds so this is true this is very yeah. true so the acting is way kicked up from the original well the um, original was uh josh brolin yeah okay I, it was a brolin is, i think it was josh I, brolin yeah i mean the original the original's good too I, in this case i love I love both movies, but I do think the remake is better. I think the remake is honestly scarier. Um, okay. I have a vivid memory of seeing it in the theater with one of my uh, best buddies and we're leaving the theater and we had, it was a spur of the moment thing. Like we were sitting around like, you want to go see it? Yeah, let's go see it. And it was like, so we just like ran to a matinee. Uh, we were the only people in the theater. We get out of the theater and like, you know, he had to use the bathroom and I just have this vivid memory of him slowly pushing open the bathroom door and then like the bright light coming out and he goes, damn right. It's bright in here. And then he walked in. <laughs> James Brolin was in the original, not Josh. So the, uh, the elder Brolin, because yeah. I mean, we're talking 79 was the original and yep. the remake was 2005, 2005. Okay. I was going to say 2004. So I was close, but. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've actually seen either one of them. I don't remember the the remake getting uh, hugely positive reviews, but then again, the original didn't either. Like they both kind of found cult following. Yeah, uh, at at later times. So yeah, that's uh that's one I'm gonna have to revisit. I'm looking at the cast of that one too. I didn't realize Chloe Grace Moretz was the daughter. You know, I don't think I remember. I mean, I haven't I didn't go back and rewatch anything. So it's been it's been a while since I've watched that one. And it's been on my list to rewatch. So maybe I'll rewatch it and change it again. But in my head, when I was looking, you know, when I was thinking, I was like, you know what? The Amityville Horror, that one always struck me as a really good remake. 
Yeah, that's one. It's one I'm going to have to add to my list to rewatch, and it's the perfect month to do that right now. Although in my my A to Z, I'm well past A. I mean, I'm I'm at U at the at the moment. So, but that doesn't mean I can't well, I can't add a movie to the list. There's 26 letters in the alphabet, or 28, and there's 31 months, 31 days in the month. So you're going to have to go back. Or did you start not on the first? Well, no, I counted. I didn't start on the first. And I also left off a couple of nights in which I'm not going to be home okay. to watch a movie. Like this, again, you're hearing this on Halloween night. So <laughs> it, it's already passed. But the Saturday before Halloween, which for us is this coming Saturday, I have a Halloween party, my an annual Halloween party I go to every year. So I knew I wasn't going to be home for that. Um, and my schedule kind of already got thrown in the flux because the Philadelphia Phillies were in the NLCS and their games were going until 10, 11 o'clock at night on certain nights. And I'm a huge Phillies fan. So I was watching the games. And by the time the games were over, I was either one incredibly tired because I was up late watching the game or two incredibly excited because they won the game. So I'm like, I don't want to watch a horror movie right now. I'm too happy to. <laughs> so I can watch I horror movies when I'm happy. I can I can too, but this was this was like a different kind of happy. So there was a couple that the past two nights I actually doubled up and I I did double I started a little earlier and I I did double features for the past two nights just to kind of like get caught up. But now the World Series starts on Friday, so I don't know if I'm going to get one in on Friday, and I'm not watching one on Saturday, so I I don't know I I might end up on Halloween day watching like four movies throughout the entire. The entire that is exactly how Halloween should be spent. Exactly. So I'm not too upset about it. Uh, but back to your number five. That's a great pick. Uh, again, it's one I need to add to my list to, to go back and rewatch. But I mean, again, you can't go wrong with Ryan Reynolds. Nope. Not at all. So my number five uh, actually features somebody who's pretty prevalent in pop culture news at the moment. Uh, I went with Fright Night from Ooh. 2011. Good choice. Uh, and the person I'm and the person I'm mentioning is David Tennant, which, spoiler alert, if you're a Doctor Who fan, uh, has returned to the mantle of Doctor Who, in which the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, regenerated into David Tennant, who was the our favorite doctor. doctor. The best doctor. So the I was temporarily. I, it's only temporary. It's, it's only for three specials, and then the the 15th Doctor is going to take his place. Um but we're going to get David Tennant for a month as the doctor, which again, which is just, is amazing. Um, funny story about that too. I actually, I'm like two seasons behind on Dr. Who. I only saw Jodie Whittaker's first season. I need to get caught up. But when I've been predicting for a while, she was going to regenerate into Tennant. So the, the special that just aired, I skipped to the last two minutes just to watch the regeneration. <laughs> to see if I was right. And when she regenerated into David Tennant, I like, I think I audibly screamed because I was so excited that he's, he's back for a little while. I'm like, well, shit, now I have to get caught up because I want to watch these specials that he's a part of. So, but anyway, back to my number five. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love the original Fright Night as well with Chris Sarandon, but this one just had a little bit of a different, more modern vibe to it. It wasn't as campy, as cheesy. It still had its share of cheese. Right. But the cast alone was enough to sell me on it. I mean, you had uh, Anton Yelton, who unfortunately passed since then. 
David Tennant, Tony Collette, Colin Farrell, Chris Sarandon, who actually does cameo in the movie. Um, uh, oh, um, Christopher Mintz Plas from Superbad. Like it just had an incredible cast and it was a ton of fun. So I, I, I couldn't, when I was putting my list together, this is one that I thought of. I'm like, I don't know where it's going to fall on the list, but it has to be on my list somewhere. It's on my honorable mentions. It bounced in and out of my list. Yeah. I mean, it's it's number five on my list, but it was tough putting it at even at number five because it's it's great. And it's usually one I kind of watch every year. At some point, I tend to watch it. So, but that was uh that was my number five, was Fright Night. So that said, moving on to number four, what you got? Uh this movie terrified me. When I watched it, um, the Rob ring. Zombie's Halloween. Oh. No, <laughs> none of the Halloween movies ever terrified me. The Ring. Good choice. Almost like, made my top five. It's in my honorable mentions. I had to choose one of the Japanese remakes. I felt like I felt like just filling the list with them because, again, I love the original, which I didn't find out about the original until after watching. Same here. The you know was I knew the ring was a remake of a Japanese horror movie, and then found Ringu, and then went down this whole Japanese horror web, which I love Japanese horror now. But kind of kind of leads you to like the Grudge, and then mm-hmm. the Japanese version of the Grudge, yeah. And then um, Audition is another one of my favorite yeah. movies. Um, but yeah, the ring is what started it for me, and I just again I have a vivid memory of going to bed that night in the house I was renting in college. It was my senior year of college. And I had, of course, watched it on a, v- uh, I don't think it was a VHS tape. I think it was a DVD, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and the TV, my TV in my room was not terribly far from my bed. And I went, well, that's just not safe. So I put, <laughs> I put uh, a towel over the TV and then I put all kinds of stuff that would make noise if it fell on top of the towel so that if the towel did move for some reason, I would have a moment to at least run the hell out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see you, you should know though, that the moment that happens, like it, it doesn't matter where you run to. Samara's going to get you. I know. I just didn't want to be killed. And I wanted that moment of maybe I can make it, make it. I don't know. <laughs> that was my thought at the time. I needed, that's what I needed so that I could sleep that night. I can tell you right now when I when I first saw the ring, I was still I, I was I was um I, I was still I was already a huge movie buff, so I was already collecting movies. And I think when I got the ring, I did get it on DVD and not VHS. Because I think at that point it wasn't even on VHS. I think it was on DVD. And because it was 2002, I believe. Yeah, I was, was working at Blockbuster at the time. I think we I was switch over. We were doing mm. the switch over from VHS to DVD. So some movies we got both in and I some think movies I, we didn't. I think I was too. That's Yeah, I, I was because I graduated from college in 2002 and I was still working. I was assistant store manager at No, I was store manager at that point. So I was I was a store manager while in college and I I was the store manager up until I graduated. So yes, I think I was still I was either still there or depending when it released, I might have had just finished at Blockbuster, but it was around that time. So, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I think what it did for me was you know, the same way it did for you with like putting the towel up and making sure if you heard things fall. I think for me, it made me go into my movie collection and throw away any videotapes that weren't labeled. 
<laughs> because I did yeah. not want to risk it. I, I, I was like, I don't even, I don't, this isn't labeled. I don't know what it is. I'm not putting it in to watch it because I don't care what's on it. I'm throwing it away. I support that. Yeah. It's not I worth just, the risk. No, wasn't worth the risk at all. No. If it was important, you would have labeled it. <laughs> exactly. I, it could have been swapped out for all I knew. Somebody passing it off to me because that's what they did in the movies. I, I right? didn't want that. No. Uh, that's a good choice, though. That's what, That's another one I haven't seen in a while and might deserve a revisit. So that's a good choice. Uh, Naomi Watts, I think, was the lead, right? Yeah. Okay. Did she return for the sequel? I honest, I haven't watched the sequel in a very like I watched The Ring last Halloween. Okay, I have not watched the sequel probably since I, it came out. I think what kind of shook me of the 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 fear or the inner fear of The Ring and what that could do was seeing the scary movies kind of poke fun at it because they they threw it into their movies where like the tape was like the Jenny McCarthy sex tape. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> where I, cause I remember distinctly where she was like, no, no, not that tape in, <laughs> in this, in the scary movie franchise. So I, I think after that, I was like, okay, I'm not afraid of this anymore. I'm good. The night I uh, watched it though, I was definitely scared. I think, I, I think I saw it in theaters. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. So at that point, you're not really afraid because you're not, there's no videotapes around. You're just watching right. it literally in a theater. It's when you go home and you see unlabeled VHS tapes. You're like, nope. Bye. You're exactly. going away. <laughs> uh, so my number four, um, this is the one I mentioned is kind of less than 10 years old. Uh, my number four is the 2013 remake of Evil Dead. I... For starters, I love the Evil Dead franchise. The Me Evil Dead, too. Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Ash vs. Evil Dead, they are fantastic. And anytime there's a remake or a reboot of a franchise that I absolutely love, I'm always skeptical. Evil Dead was not one of those because Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were associate producers on the movie. So I knew at that point, they're not going to let anybody mishandle this franchise. So it didn't bother me that the lead character was a female rather than a male. It didn't bother me that Bruce Campbell wasn't coming back. It didn't bother me, you know, all the, all these different things. It just, I was in from the beginning when I found out they were involved. And then when I finally got to see the movie, I was so pleasantly surprised because there are so many nods to the original from the sweatshirt that she's wearing is the college that Bruce Campbell went to. The Oldsmobile is, is in, in the, the movie. Yep. It's, the in Olds the it's yeah. It's like old and abandoned, like sitting outside the cabin. Cause there's a whole yep. scene with them sitting on it, having a conversation. Um, there are so many nods to the originals in the movie. And the Oldsmobile is in absolutely everything Sam Raimi does. Yep. Every movie Sam Raimi has ever done, the Oldsmobile is in it. It's it's almost like a it's almost like a fun challenge to kind of find it if you're a fan. But most of the time it's pretty obvious. Um, even in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, the Oldsmobile is in the movie. It's kind of floating 
in the background yeah. in one of the universes. Because I remember going to the theaters and sitting in the theater with my mom watching that movie. And I was like, oh, it's the Oldsmobile. Yeah, I, I noticed it too. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my, as great as the movie is, I learned something about the movie afterwards that made me appreciate the movie even more. And then when I went back and I rewatched it, I greatly, I greatly appreciated this. It gave me a whole new perspective on watching the movie. And that's the fact that 95% of that movie is practical effect. Yeah. There's only one scene and it's the opening scene that is CGI. Everything else is practical effect, including the blood rain at the end the of the movie. Blood rain is amazing. I think they so said much it, blood. I think they said it took them seven tanker trucks of fake blood to film that final like five minute scene because of how much blood there was. And it was practical effect. And I remember watching the movie and thinking the movie was fantastic and then learning that. And I'm like, really? I need to rewatch this movie now. And rewatching the movie and having such a greater appreciation for the fact that almost all of it is practical effects, which is just, it's typical Sam Raimi. Like that's the way he is. The only reason I left that one off my list was because some people make an argument that it's not a remake, that it's a continuation or kind of a reboot or whatever. And because there was some argument, I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to make the easy call and put this one off of my list. So that is literally the only reason I didn't have it on the list. So I'm glad well, you had it. The original <laughs> plan actually was for it to be a continuation, but they kind of changed it because, uh, and, and turned it into a reboot. And then even though it is, it has since become a, a remake and not a reboot, there are still kind of rumors that it could switch back to reboot. Because the original plan for that movie was, if, if you watch the movie all the way to the end, there is a cutscene at the end credits. And it's Bruce. And it's literally a side shot of Bruce Campbell and then an extreme close-up. He turns to the camera, he says groovy, and it cuts to black. And that's it. So he is in the movie just in a quick two-second scene at the end. The original plan for that movie was that when... Uh, I think main character is Maya. I think is her name. Mia. Mia. Um, at the end of the movie, there's supposed to be originally planned. It was supposed to be a cutscene at the very end with Mia walking along the highway and a save a lot um, or um, a smart truck was supposed to pull up beside her to see if she was okay. And it was going to be Ash driving. The oh, truck. that's cool. And it was going to merge the two universes. It was going to be the two of them working together. But they kind of canceled that plan and they instead went with Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, which is perfect. Which was, that, yeah. show, that show was perfect. I have zero complaints about that show. The only complaint. Other than I Indented. Have, yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> that's the only complaint I have about that show is it kind of got screwed the same way Army of Darkness did. Is that if you watch the original ending of Army of Darkness, there was supposed to be another movie. Because it leads into another movie. And then Ash versus Evil Dead, the fine this what became the series finale, leads into more story. The same way Ash versus the same way Army of Darkness is in the future or an alternate timeline. That's what happens. That's how we're left off in Ash versus Evil Dead. And then they never continued that either. So it's almost like it was a curse to do that again. Uh, 
I feel like there's a little bit of a curse on the whole series, but it's all among my favorite things to watch. Oh, absolutely. And I've become great friends with one of the cast of that show, too. So, I mean, like, that's why that show holds, like, a very special place for me as well. Because, like, I've, I've become really good friends with Dana DiLorenzo. So, um, but yeah, it was supposed to, the original ending of the remake of Evil Dead was supposed to tie the two universes together. And now there is rumor, because there is a seer, there is a new movie coming in the Evil Dead universe. And I don't know if it's Bruce reprising ash or not or if it's set in the same universe but ash isn't a part of it like i can't remember exactly what it is but there's rumors again that it could merge it could bring in mia from the remake which would then revert it back to reboot and not remake which would negate it from my list but as of right now (laughs) it's a remake you know what it was i'm not having any problems with it i just needed to make some cuts so i used that as my reason to make a cut oh there you go there you go uh okay i I was long-winded enough about my number four (laughs) (laughs) so but it's evil dead i just love talking about evil dead uh so that brings us to number three what you got number three an amazing absolutely amazing piece of survival horror but yet not a zombie movie oh no I am legend. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, because it's uh it's it's a remake of Gemini Man. Omega Man. Omega Man, that's it. Yeah, not Gemini Man. Gemini Man yeah. was another Will Smith movie. Um yeah, a remake of Omega Man. Yep. Which um yeah, not a zombie movie. You are not correct. Not a zombie there. vampire movie. Vampire movie. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cause there are so many people who say it's a zombie movie, and I'm like, no. It's no, not. It's not. They cannot go out in sunlight. That's not a zombie. That's a vampire. If you watch Omega Man or you read the book, the original source material book, they are specifically called out as vampires. But yeah. it's excellent, excellent piece of survival horror. Excellent horror movie. If you don't cry during it, you're God, broken. Agreed. I mean, the scene with him and I can't remember the dog's name, but that, yeah, that scene with him and the dog is just, it's rough. It's so rough. So, and I think it's its another movie that I think they've, it's it's been rumored for a while about a potential sequel. Yeah, there is a rumor floating around and, who know, I mean, Will Smith right now is blacklisted, right? So it's going to be a little no, bit longer. No, he's, he's kind of not anymore. Um, that was fast. It's we- well because they said that he he's blacklisted from attending the Oscars. He's not blacklisted from anything else. But the movie that he just made that hasn't come out yet, they said is still eligible to be nominated. Okay. So and he can still be nominated for it. He could just not attend the Oscars. I think for a certain number of years he can't attend. Um he's not blacklisted from Hollywood. He's just blacklisted from attending the Oscars. Um, but yeah, he, he went down a little bit of a deep hole there, yeah. uh, but it would be interesting to see how they would bring him back for the sequel anyway, because he dies. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's prequel story to tell that I'd be interested in watching. There's a whole lot between the news reports and the empty New York city. Or he could have just hit under a dumpster. It could have, that could work. 
I mean, it worked for Glenn. So, I mean, I mean, it worked for Glenn for a little while. Worked to piss off fans is one of the did. <laughs> I knew he wasn't dead. There was no way. There was no, no I, way. I knew. I was like, Glenn's death is so iconic. That's not how they're killing him off. No. I was like, and it didn't happen. You didn't see it happen. Therefore, it didn't happen. Yeah. For whatever reason, my brother and I were in the same place watching that episode. And he's like, like, you know, cuts the commercial and he looks at me. He's like, did they just kill Glenn? I was like, they couldn't have. <laughs> there was no way. There was no way they killed Glenn. So we're getting off topic. <laughs> As always. But that happens. Yeah. It happens on this podcast constantly. But um, yeah, it's 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 a great movie, and I haven't seen it in a while. And I remember I think what drew me to it, I wasn't aware of Omega Man originally. So I didn't know the source material when I watched the movie. I think what drew me to it was the fact that it took place in New York City, which is a city that I just adore. So I was like, okay, I want to see this because it happened. It's the same reason why I want to see the Maggie and Negan spinoff is because it takes place in New York City. Um, and I heard the premise of that show, too, where all the survivors, I'm getting off topic again, um, <laughs> all the survivors who live in New York during the zombie apocalypse actually live above the streets and like zip line from building to building. Like they have, oh, this, that's whole cool. in, they have this whole like infrastructure built like in the skyscrapers of New York city. I was like, yeah, I want to see this. Yeah. Now I'm, um, I'm down to watch it. I, I may not always love Negan's character, but I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So I, I like watching him. And I adore Lauren Cohen. So, I mean, oh yeah. Like I'd, I'm, I'm excited for that. But that was the main reason I wanted to watch I Am Legend was because it took place in New York and it was Will Smith. So I was like, okay, these are two things I like. I'm going to watch them. And I ended up enjoying them. And then shortly after I found out about the source material. So I went back and I did read Omega Man and didn't remember that it was Omega Man, thought it was Gemini Man. <laughs> and, I, and I like the original. I mean, the original movie, you know, it's definitely of its time, but it's an excellent movie too. I do remember who why do i have the some reason why, why do i have the, the reason that it's james brolin again oh it's charleston no. heston yeah <laughs> yeah charleston heston so i was like i know it's not brolin why am i thinking brolin again no it was, <laughs> it was it was heston and i don't think i've ever seen the original movie i'm i might have to i might have to add that to my watch list at some point so uh all right my number three is uh in the eyes of Hollywood, oh boy, it is considered a remake, although it is very different, like incredibly different from the original. My number three is The Mummy from 1999 with Brendan Fraser. Okay. It is very loosely considered a remake, I think, in the sense that it is about the same creature. And that's pretty much it. I'll give it to you. It's it, it and it's Brendan Fraser. I mean, look, he's up there with Tom Hanks and like Hollywood royalty for nice guys. So it's and I just this is one of those movies that I just I love, including The Mummy Returns, which is a sequel to The Mummy, not the original Mummy. Um I think in the sense of closest to the source material, the the latest version of The Mummy with Tom Cruise is probably more closer to the original with Boris Karloff. But even that is not, one, good. 
I didn't uh, bother with it. Or two, not even close to the source material. Um, the thing that got me excited about the Tom Cruise version was that it was supposed to be this huge Universal Monsters universe reboot in that his character was going to be interact. And I even think I, I didn't watch it either. Uh, freely admit that because I heard how bad it was. And I was like, well, I don't want to waste my time with it. But I think like Russell Crowe is in it as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I think there's a couple other universal monsters that are introduced because it was supposed to turn into this huge universe, this whole huge universe of monsters reboot. Um, the MonsterVerse, and that got me excited. But then I heard that the movie did so bad, they just they canned it. I'll be honest, but, I forgot it existed until you mentioned it. Many people do. I think Tom Cruise <laughs> probably forgot it existed too. At least he'd be better off if he did. Um, there's getting money now. Brendan Fraser has since come out and said if they made, if they wrote a good enough story, he would return as Rick O'Connell for another mummy movie. Oh, that would be awesome to me. This is the perfect opportunity because we've already got Emotep. We've already done the emperor, like the, the, the dragon emperor, whatever it was in the third movie, have Rick O'Connell face off against Dracula and Frankenstein and the creature from the black lagoon bring these other universal universal monsters in and create this universe now with Rick O'Connell. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like let's Hollywood get on this. Like he said, <laughs> he's down, write the script, make it happen. Cause I want to see Rick go up against all these other creatures, these other universal monsters. I think it'd be fantastic. Agreed. So, but yeah, I couldn't not put this in my list because I just I just adore the mummy movies. The I, first the first two movies. at least. Yeah. And the ride at Universal Studios is always fun. Haven't done it. <sighs> I haven't been to Universal since 98. So the mummy wasn't even out yet <laughs> when the last time I was at Universal Studios. I think I went the first time I went was 2007. Well, that I remember going was 2007. And then I went again in 2016. Okay. All right. So this takes us to our top two. Mm -hmm. And here's where it's going to get interesting because we haven't shared any yet, which I'm actually surprised. Here's where I think we might share. I think I am still going to be unique for my number two, but I think my number one is either your one or two. Okay. Uh, all right. So then moving on to number two. What you got? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, you're unique in that one. <laughs> um, With Jessica Biel. I think the only reason I watched it was Jessica Biel. She's. Um, I I liked the remake. I watched that. I don't know why it has. It holds this like really special place in my heart. I don't know if I watched it at the right time or it just hit. But I love the. I don't get me wrong. I love the original. And. Some of its followers, some of its <laughs> following ones, not all of them. Um, but um, like Army Hammer's in it. Oh, that's right. It, I, I don't know. That movie always, I don't know why, it just holds this very special place in my heart. And 
Now, like, you had put up a, po- a post asking for suggestions for Halloween themes, and for whatever reason, that movie popped into my head, and that's why I was like, oh, horror movie remakes. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's the other thing we got to say, too, is you were the one that chose this topic, too, which I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is this is great for a Halloween episode. Um, and this was the movie that popped into my head first, and I don't know why. It just... I don't know why either, because like even now, I'm looking at the cast of the movie, and with the exception of Jessica Biel, Arlie Ermey, who played the sheriff. Yeah, Ar- Arlie Ermey. That was his, that's why I had the name wrong. And Lauren German, who people would know from Lucifer now, even though then I think she probably was relatively Nobody. unknown because she's she's just teenage girl in the yeah. cast. Um, and John Larroquette, who did the narration for the movie. It's a relatively unknown cast. Which, in my opinion, horror movies generally should be. Like, there are a lot of people who got their start in horror movies, and that's kind of fun. Agreed. I mean, yeah, Johnny Depp. Um, I know there's more, <laughs> but that was just the Kevin first Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh, speaking of Kevin Bacon, um, you're going to appreciate the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer when you watch it. I'm so excited all, to watch it. All I'm going to say. We'll watch it together when we're done recording. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can't judge it though, because I, it's been so long since I've seen it. So I can't really say whether or not it deserves to be in a top five or not, because I don't think it came out in 2003. And I think that was the last time I watched it. Now I watch it every, every few years. Like I said, it has a special place in my heart. It, um, I thought, I thought it was a good reboot. It, Kept enough from the original, it made it. Well, I mean, it, and at the time too, not I mean, reboot, remake, but yeah. But even like at the time, like 2003, when that movie came out, it was a New Line Cinema movie. And at that time, New Line Cinema for horror then is kind of what Blumhouse is for horror now. Exactly. It was kind of like, okay, this is horror. It's from New Line Cinema. I'm going to check this out, which is how I am with Blumhouse now. If I see something has the Blumhouse label on it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to check that out. Now, I've been disappointed um, in both instances, (laughs) and especially more recently considering Blumhouse was attached to the new Halloween. Um, We're not getting into that. No, we're not getting into that. Uh, All I will say is Halloween ends, and thank God. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that was what drew me to it at the time. Like I said, Jessica Biel was a huge draw for me. And then the fact that it was new line cinema was one of the things, I mean, cause you look at, I like, I think we talked about this last Halloween. I think this, I don't even, what was our topic last Halloween? Do you remember? I think it was just favorites. Cause I had to like Sophie's choice. Yeah, because I, I for some reason I remember I think I remember talking Freddy versus Jason with you last year. We talked Freddy versus Jason. Um, you yelled at me for Jason X. Um, <laughs> that, I don't. I think this movie made an honorable mention. Maybe I don't think it made our top five. Okay, but I, I mean, like it in a top five. But I mean, even like I said, going back to New Line Cinema and New Line Cinema being attached, that was one of the things that got me excited about Freddy versus Jason. When that came out, it was that we were finally getting this story 10 years after it was teased and New Line Cinema was the one that was finally making it. I was like, yes, like this is everything I want. And I ended up loving it. So I love that movie. So do I. I need to rewatch it again. Um, I just did not that long ago. I need to, yeah, I need to. But and maybe, I mean, 
the, I mean, well, this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast is to one, introduce myself to movies that I haven't seen before. And two, remind myself of movies that I should go back and watch again. So, I mean, I already said it with a couple of yours and I think Texas Chainsaw again, is probably one of those ones they need to add to the list more so than the other two, because this is one I haven't seen in oh, what almost 20 years now at this point. Yeah. So I remember nothing about it except Leatherface. That's it. Yeah. So. And, and I know, also have, I have a, a love for the bad horror movies too. So, you know, when some people are like, oh my God, that was terrible. I'm like, I know that's what made it great. I do too. And I will say in my Halloween A to Z, I watched one of those movies last night in studio 666 oh my god i loved that that was so much fun it's i my facebook post afterwards was studio 666 is cheesy horribly acted and i loved every second of it agreed it is it's it's funny in how bad it is but the best part about that movie is that when you watch it you can it, there there are those movies that exist that when you watch, you can just tell how much fun they're having making the movie because they're not taking themselves too seriously. And this is that was one of those movies. Like you could just tell by watching Studio 666 how much fun the Foo Fighters were having making this movie. Right. Oh my God. I, I mean, it was almost like like you if you could read an inner monologue there were certain scenes where you could be like, I can't believe we're making this movie. And it turned out to be so much fun because of that. It's so yeah. And Dave Grohl is one of the nicest people in music. And he plays such a great asshole. He does. Which He's so I good love. at it. So, but anyway, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. It's a good choice for number two. I'm going to have to add it to my list to rewatch and check out studio six, six, six. I, uh, I watched it. Which, well, this is for the listeners. Um, so, with it, okay, leads me to my number two. And again, my number one and my number two could very easily be swapped. My number two is the one I think we is the one we share. Because if we know each other pretty well when it comes to like our enjoyment of particular movies. So number two, I think, is the one we share. The original is one of my favorite zombie movies yep. of all time. Uh, yep. It actually is my favorite zombie movie of all time. And it hurts. There's a part of me it hurts to put this movie on my list, especially so high, because I despise some of the other work the director has done. But this movie yeah. is perfect. by far his best work he has ever done. It is the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Which is my number one. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, it is because of this movie that it took me three seasons of Modern Family to shake Ty Burrell being an asshole. Right? Because I was so used to him being a complete douchebag in Dawn of the Dead. To see him take a comedic role in Modern Family took me some time getting used to. A nice guy comedic role. Like, yeah. yeah. And now I freaking love, like, Ty Burrell is one of my favorite characters in Modern Family because of how over the top comedic nice guy he is. 
that it's almost odd for me to go back and, and watch him in Dawn of the Dead now because he's a total asshole. But I mean, Sarah Polly, Ving Rhames, um, Ty Burrell, um, shit, uh, with the uh, Matt Fur, also known as Trash Can Man from The Stand. This movie is just so well done. It's it holds enough of the original to keep it relevant and consider it a remake, but it adds its own originality to it in the story that it tells to make it fresh and new. It's gory. It's visceral. It's, uh, it's, it's fucking, it's close to perfect. And you can't, you can go back and forth as to which one's better. You really can. I mean, again, yeah. Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead is probably my favorite zombie movie of all time. But the the remake is pretty damn close. Right. And how often can you say that about an original and a remake? Because Not it's either it's either the original is so good that the remake doesn't come close or the remake is so good that it just surpasses the original. I don't I can't think I can think of a remake and an original that are so close to as good to each other that you could, in essence, like you said, flip-flop them. Yeah. As far as which one is your favorite. So I had a feeling when I was looking at my top two, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's probably Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I ha- you I knew you were taking this one as number one or number two. And the one I think is your number one, I was pretty sure I was positive you were going to have on your list so i just honestly left it off and if i'm wrong then (laughs) it'll be an honorable mention well before i mention my number one since this is also part of since dawn of the dead my number two is your number one was there anything you wanted to add to it uh zombie babies zombie babies that's right (laughs) and that was uh mckay pfeiffer yeah who played who played the dad which look i get I, that's it. What that's he what was I was going to say. Like, I totally get where he was coming from. He was wrong. He was absolutely wrong. He should have done none of that, but I get it. Yeah. And I love... And the end. That's. I was just about to say that, too. One of my other favorite things about that movie is it leaves it completely open to interpretation as to whether or not they survive. At least that's the and, way I see it. I don't know if you saw yeah, it the same way. It's open to interpretation. I lean towards they didn't, or if they did, they're back in a shitty situation. You know, it's not a happy ending, no matter whether they survived or not. It's not a happy ending. No, because they they think they're getting away to an island, probably where none of this, they think it hasn't touched it yet. But then you see in like the shaky cam footage at the end that the moment they dock, it's they get ambushed. Yep. And then the camera shuts off. So it's kind of, again, it's kind of left open-ended as to whether or not they survive. Um, to me, I could see it potentially leading into a sequel if you ever decided to do one. Um, like, I mean, it could be Island of the Dead. It could be, uh, oh shit, what was the game that took place on the resort island? Um, oh, I think it was just called um, Dead Island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be a movie version of Dead Island where you know, this is a resort island that they're at and now they have to survive there. So, I mean, look, any any of those Romero movies, 
or based on Romero movies. I'm I'm a fan of because um, I just I love George Romero um, and anything that he's done. Like I said, the original Night of the Living Dead, even the remake of Night of the Living Dead, which is not on my list and it's not in my honorable mentions either, um, because that, for me, it doesn't even compare to the original. Agreed. But it still has its merits in in the movie that it is. Um, what what was the one that happened? Not Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead. Um, which is I the one like that, that one. I did too. And then I liked it even more when I found out that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright have cameos in the movie as zombies. Did you know that? I did not. There is a scene. So you know how in in Land of the Dead the city that they go to is kind of divided into like the rich, which are in the city above. And then there's the people that live below. There is a, in the lower part of the city, there's a moment where you see there's a photo opportunity set up where you can get your picture taken with two zombies that are like chained. Yeah. The two zombies that are chained are Simon Wright and Edgar, or Simon Pegg <sighs> and, and Edgar Wright. now that's on my list for Halloween rewatch. <laughs> uh, George Romero put them in the movie because George Romero was a huge fan of Shaun of the Dead. Uh, who is not <laughs> right? So he invited Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright to come and do cameos in Land of the Dead. That's awesome. So yeah, so when you go back and rewatch that scene, it's those two zombies are Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. And the, no, knowing that, you will immediately know it when you see it. Yeah. So, uh, anything else on Dawn of the Dead before I reveal my number one? I believe we've killed it. Okay. <laughs> Unlike many of the zombies that are in that movie. Right. So. My number one, again, this could have been number two or number one. I think the reason why it's my number one is because it's fresh in my mind. Because I, in fact, just rewatched it last night. My number one is The Thing from 1982. And look. Which was it, almost my number one as well. I'll be dead honest. It's, it's very... I mean, I'm sure there are probably listen. There are probably people listening that are saying like, "Oh, of course, it's your number one." Like, it's not. If you go online, like every anytime I do prep for this for this podcast for any top five, I put together my top five first, and then I go online and I look at lists that other people have put together to see where mine compare, and I don't change my top five. My top five is my top five. Like, I don't let other people's lists impact mine. So I did my top five first, and then I went online. Every single list that you find online has the thing at number one. And just a lot of top horror lists have the thing at number yeah. one. It's and an excellent movie. There's a like and it's creepy. There's a there, yes, it might be stereotypical that I put it as my number one, but there's a good fucking reason why it's number one. Because it is a fantastic movie. Um, obviously it's a remake from, uh, oh, it's the thing, the thing that fell to earth, I think is the original thing from another world thing from another world, uh, which was a movie back from the fifties. So Just a in lot case of people you didn't use it. I had the, my notes for it. Okay. <laughs> now um, I haven't seen that original. I'll be dead honest. Well, I mean, because a lot of people, I haven't either, but the, like, there might be some people listening saying like, Hey, the thing isn't a remake unless you're talking about the one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which in its own right is a good movie. 
um, doesn't compare to the original, but yes, the original, the thing from 1982 is in fact a remake. It is a remake of that movie from the fifties. Um, a lot of people think it's the original and it's not, but it is, it is just, it's so well done. It still creeps me out even to this day. And the movie is almost 40 years. Oh no. 40 years old this year, as a matter of fact, because it was in right. 82. So the movie's 40 years old. Um, and what I loved about watching that last night, because I did my double feature again, at the time you're hearing this, it was a couple nights ago, but um, my double feature was for the letters um, T or S and T. So I had the thing for T and studio 666 for S, but I watched the thing first. Uh, and then I watched studio 666 and it made me happy because John Carpenter was the one that uh, directed the thing from 1982 mm -hmm. and then john carpenter has a cameo yes, in studio does. 666 <laughs> so i was kind of like oh this turned into a john carpenter double feature so but i mean carpenter is just a master of horror i mean kurt russell is just fantastic in that movie wilfer brindley keith david is amazing in the movie richard mauser um oh god i can't think of I can't think of the other people's names, but um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece is of horror. Absolutely a masterpiece. So I couldn't not put it in my top five. I get why you left it out of yours because you probably the same way. I mean, it's kind of like the same way when I did time travel, when we did time travel movies, I intentionally left back to the future out because I was like, well, back to the future kind of stands on its own. Right. So I was like, I didn't put it in my top five. Most people probably assumed I would have, but I didn't. So I can kind of, for like kind of the same reasoning, that's kind of why you, you didn't put the thing in your top five because it kind right. of stands on its own. But so, so I, get and I it, had but a I, feeling I was pretty sure you were going to pick it. I was going to put pretty it in my sure, top five. I was pretty sure. I mean, there was no way Dawn of the Dead wasn't in the top five. No, I mean, not at all. I, there I mean, was, it, there is no so i was like all right i'm going to pick one of these <laughs> <laughs> and my love for zombies wins out so that's why I... yeah well again and like, and also because i hadn't seen the the other reason i left off the thing was because i hadn't seen the original okay i think all the other ones i had everything i mentioned i had seen the original that's a good reason and I and generally I'm just looking over my list and I'm like, and liked the original. Like, <laughs> like I like both versions of everything I mentioned. Well, I think like if I'm looking at my list as well, you know, I said fright night, evil dead, the mummy, dawn of the dead. And the thing, the thing is the one I haven't seen the original love. Um, you know, I've seen the original fright night, obviously seen the original, the evil dead, the mummy with Boris Karloff, the original dawn of the dead, which I mentioned is my favorite, one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. The thing really is the one I haven't seen the original of, but yet it's my number one. Because it's so good that it, nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about the original. I mean, it's one of the reasons why some people probably don't realize that the, that the thing is a remake. Because nobody right. talks about the original. Because it's just that good. So. It is what it is. I had to, I had to put it in my list. So. Um. But let's bring up some honorable mentions. Uh, these are ones that we don't have to go into too much detail like we did these in our top five. These are ones we can just kind of mention pretty quickly and 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 kind of move on with them. And I don't have a lot. Ordinarily, I have more honorable mentions than my top five. Um, I, I only have, have a few this time. I have a bunch. 
because uh, I like horror movies. Well, why don't you why don't you throw out some of yours? All right. Um, I'm going to start with Quarantine, which is a remake of REC, which was a Spanish horror movie. Again, both excellent. Like this was another one. Like when I when I picked The Ring, I had The Ring, The Grudge, and Quarantine all together as remakes of foreign language movies. And I'm like, all right, I've got to pick one of these three to represent that grouping. And The Ring scared me, the, so it won. The Ring wins <laughs> out. Yeah, I mean, you look yeah. at all those, The Ring wins out, even in, in but, my opinion, the same way. Quarantine is a good movie, if for no other reason than the government's got their shit together. They never it's, have their shit together in a, in a zombie movie. And that's Jennifer Carpenter, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember the cover. It's like the night, it's like the night vision picture of her like screaming. Yeah. It's got some good, it's got some good creep. It's got some good jump scares. It, I mean, it's a solid movie and, uh, REC, um, is also a solid movie, but you have to, you know, read subtitles, which I know some people are morally against for whatever reason. (laughs) I, I'm not. I mean, if it's a good movie, yeah. I'll absolutely. I mean, I, I've watched so many Jackie Chan movies that were not dubbed, so I had to read subtitles, and I'm like, these are still entertaining. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care. Um, it, Now, it's been, I've, I don't think I've ever seen Wreck, and it has been a long time since I've seen Quarantine. If my memory serves me correctly, and if I'm wrong, please tell me, It's I think it's a rabies virus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not arguable. a zombie outbreak. It's, it's, a, it's a rabies virus. You can argue, you, they don't get they call it a rabies virus, but also, you know, this was um, 2008 and 2007 for the movies. So, like, you know, REC came out and then quarantine came out, like, right after. Like, they were like, oh, we got to redo this for the American audience. And at that time, like, that's, you know, the zombie stuff was coming back as a big thing. And they were like, hey, if if the zombie apocalypse is going to start, they're going to tell you it's a rabies virus. So, with this being, you know, patient zero, the start of the zombie apocalypse, like that's kind of the point of this. They're calling it a rabies virus. So you could call it a zombie movie. You could call it infected. Like Mm -hmm. they don't get enough into it. At least I'm not remembering them being enough into it to define it. I always called it a zombie movie, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on that hill. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And yeah, not like me with 28 days later. I know Um, you and I are in agreement with 28 days later. It's not a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, it's funny too because when I got to Q in the alphabet, Quarantine was one movie I looked at because I haven't seen it in so long, and ultimately I went with A Quiet Place too just because I haven't seen it yet. Um, but now Quarantine's going to be added to the list of <laughs> movie again. Another one I have to go back and revisit. So, what's another one on your honorable mentions? Um, uh, this one got left off the list because I hadn't seen the original. I know of it. I've seen clips of it, but I haven't seen the original. But 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts is in my honorable mentions. I, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, again, another movie with just a fantastic cast. I mean, it's not. No, it wasn't. It, uh, Matthew Lillard. Matthew. Um, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, uh, why can't I think of the girl that's in it? Um. um Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie. And you know who did special effects? I Savini? Nicotero. Nicotero. Okay, nice. So you say special effects, my mind automatically goes to Savini. But I mean, Nicotero is just is right up there with Savini now. So I mean Yeah. 
both guys both of them i meet i was just gonna say <laughs> i've met both of those guys and they're both incredibly nice savini, savini's a little quiet um but but still incredibly nice um nicotero will talk your ear off because he's just a talkative dude and he, he, he did i was walking past his table and he called me over to say hi because nobody was hanging out <laughs> yeah i mean he's so, so yeah savini and that's just it savini will sit at his table just sitting there quietly patiently waiting for people to come up and meet him and he's if you get him talking he he enjoys talking about his work Nicotero will start the conversation like that's how he is yeah. so they're complete opposites when it comes to that but they're both masters in their in their craft of special effects so yep like you I've met them both yeah. um I'll mention one of mine uh, actually 13 ghosts was was on mine um uh the I it's in my honorable mentions even though I haven't seen it only because I've heard amazing things about it i went with the invisible man from okay. 2020 um i haven't seen it either but i've heard good things i've heard great things so um it's elizabeth moss and it's on my list of movies to watch because i, I haven't seen it and i've heard great things about it um and i'll mention one more and then i'll let you men mention a couple more but i want to get to this one before you do uh, if it, if it's in your honorable mentions, I went with the uh, the remake of House on Haunted Hill from 1999. It's on my list, yeah, yeah. Um, That's a really good movie. This movie, this is the reason this movie made my honorable mentions list. Um, first things first, Jeffrey Rush in the Vincent Price role is flipping fantastic. Way better than I expected. Because, I mean, it's tough to step into Vincent Price's shoes. He's so good in this movie. And you're right. To step into a Vincent Price role is asking a lot. Um, but you have Femke Jensen, Tay Diggs, Chris Kattan, Ali Larder. It's an amazing cast. Um, but the end, also a small role from, why can't I think of his name? Because he's part of this story that I want to tell. Um, uh, da, 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 um, holy shit! Greg Nicotero's in this movie too. <laughs> Funny enough, he is the <laughs> he is the uh, the roller coaster technician in the beginning of the movie. Part of the scene I'm actually going to tell the story about uh, right. James James Marsters, who played Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He is the cameraman for the news reporter in the beginning of the movie when they ride Jeffrey Rush's new roller coaster. Um, he's the cameraman. I think this is going on my rewatch list. It's been a while for the, me for this one. This movie, that opening scene had me shaking. And here's the reason why. I was at a point in my life that for some reason or another, I was having a reoccurring nightmare about, because I was teaching at the time. I was a music teacher at the time. So I, I, had a, I was having a reoccurring nightmare of witnessing, of taking a trip to an amusement park and witnessing students of mine on a roller coaster crashing. Oh my God. It was, and it was, it was brutal. Like I, I would wake up in sweats. I didn't know why we were having this nightmare. I, I just knew I was having this reoccurring nightmare about it. And then we were planning a trip to actually take them to an amusement park. And I was like, no, we're not taking them to an amusement park. And I had to explain this reoccurring dream. And finally, I convinced them to go somewhere else. And funny enough, they stopped. Huh. So, like, I don't know if it was premonition or coincidence or whatever. But that opening of that movie 
starts with a fake roller coaster crash. The, the the news reporter and the cameraman are on the ride. They're riding and the car in front of them flies off the track. But it's part of the coaster because that cart was empty or had dummies on it. And then the car, the track corrects itself and they continue on. And it's meant to scare the shit out of you riding that ride that you think you're going to crash. And I remember watching that movie and I'm like, like it like it legit put me in a shake because it was a nightmare happening in a movie. That I yeah. was happening. So I remember that movie for that reason more than any other. But completely I, fair. But when I look back on it now and I'm like, okay, that means that movie did its job. It scared me. Yeah. And it gave me a legit fright, like a legit fear. So I I remember that movie for that reason alone. But the movie itself is great. So and the originals, the originals, a lot of fun too with Vincent Price, but it was just uh, yeah because the I'm looking at it now. James Marshall was the cameraman, and I didn't remember until now the reporter was Lisa Loeb. Oh oh yeah, I, that I remembered at the time. I yep. haven't thought about her in forever. That that roller coaster man is actually kind of a it's kind of genius because even before you get on the coaster, the elevator that takes you to the top in itself was a ride. Because they thought the elevator was falling. Yeah. While they were in it. And then the door opens and it takes them out to the track. And I'm like, that's a brilliant ride. I would love to do that. Me Now I would. <laughs> then I wouldn't. No. But now I would. <laughs> uh, what's another honorable mention? Um, I'm going to go with one that is actually three remakes. Well, there's an original and then two remakes. All of them worth watching. Okay. Black Christmas. Okay. I agree with you on the first two. I like the original. I like the original. I think the remake was better. I do. Scarier. I mean, look, where else are you going to see a movie where a man takes cookie cutters to their, to somebody's back and peels out human skin in the form of Christmas trees, <laughs> bakes them and is eating them when the police show up. That's fucking amazing. If that doesn't make you want to watch that movie, you're listening that's to the, the wrong podcast. And that's the <laughs> opening scene. Like that is the opening of the movie. Like I, I do agree with you that the remake was better than the original. This, the latest one, not so much. It's, a completely different yes. thing. You, I, I had to watch it twice. I had to watch it once, be very disappointed that it wasn't at all like the other two, and then come back and watch it. It's doing the horror thing that like Romero does. Um, it's a social commentary. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can see that. I only watched it once because I just I wasn't thrilled with it. I think I think I kind of got turned off by it because it was nothing like the original or the remake. Yeah. Like I said, I had to watch it twice because I want and because I watched it, I was like, that wasn't what I was expecting. I'm like, I can't make a judgment because I really don't know how I feel because I went in with too much of an expectation and I watched it again and I I don't remember being blown away from by it, but um like my brother's my horror movie buddy, but I was like, hey. If you get a chance, check it out. I'm like, it's totally worth watching, but it is, other than the name, it's really not like the original. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think it's a remake in title alone and nothing else. Yeah. 
So, I mean, in that sense, is it really a remake? Um, I don't know. But, but the 1974 and the or the 2006 ones. Oh, my God. The 2006 yeah. one is absolutely a remake of the original. And, and like you said, is better. It's better. It's better than the original. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Because I remember I, I, I was the same way. Like, I remember being so pleased by how much I liked the remake that when I watched this new one, I was disappointed because I was like, this is nothing like the story. Like, this is sorority girls. Like, this is nothing like what I expected. So, but it is what it is. Like you said, remake and title alone. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a good social commentary to it. I think, like I said, I think it's worth watching, but you know, you don't have to, if you've got nothing better to do when it comes across your path, watch it, but you don't have to go seek it out. Yeah. Um, How many more do you have on your list? Um, got one that I want to mention because I think it's, well, you can mention them all. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out like if I should, I have two left on mine. Um, if you have more than two, I'm going to do my two and then I'll let you finish off your list. Um, you want to do your two before I mention? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do my two. Um, and mine, I'll just mention them real quick. One of them is the fly from 1986 with Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Was that also on your list? It was on my list. Okay. Um, and the other one is The Blob from 1988. Excellent. Which, to many people who don't really know, uh, was filmed in our area. Ten minutes from my house. And yeah. every year I say I'm going to go to Blobfest, and every year I don't. But I've been to the Colonial Theater, so I've at least been in the theater and watched movies. I have I have been to the Colonial Theater many times, but like you, I tell myself I'm going to go to Blobfest, and I miss it. Like, I, it's every time I think about it, it's I, I, I tell somebody about it and they're like, oh, dude, it was like two weeks ago. It's like, in July. Like, I miss it. Yeah, it's, it's just, in July. Yeah. OK, because you and I, we're going to make a date this year. We're going to look up when it actually is. We're going to make a plan and we're going to go because I want to be part of the recreation of the running out yes! of the theater. Like yes. more than anything else. That's what I want to because for those of you that are listening that don't know, it was filmed here in Pennsylvania. It wasn't very far from where Jamie and I live because Jamie and I, we live probably about maybe 35, 40 minutes from each other. So you're you're closer to is is it it's it's Coach in Phoenixville. Hill. Phoenixville. That's it. Yeah. Phoenixville is um, where the blob is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's filmed at the Colonial the Theater, Theater. In, in Phoenixville, so which is 10 minutes from you, maybe about less than an hour from me. But they do Blobfest every year, which is this huge festival they do in Phoenixville right outside of Colonial Theater. And one of the things they do every year is they recreate the scene with the masses running out of the theater. And everybody who's there, like, you get to be a part of that. I don't care, like, if I never see it. I just want to do it. Like, that's the one part of Blobfest I want to do. Me too. So, All right, we're going this year. Yes. July 2023, it's going to happen. We're going to go. We're going. We're going to drag Tony along, and he's going to be a part of it, whether he likes it. I love the fact that you're converting him to a lot of different stuff. (laughs) Because he's a different kind of nerd. I'm making him. I've... I've known. I know we're. This is personal stuff for the podcast. So apologies to anybody listening who don't who doesn't know us that well. But I've known the person that you're dating. God, since I was like, I'll be I'll be 43 in less than a month, and I've known him since I was 15. So I mean, I've known Tony for a long time. So and it's purely coincidence in in life, small world in life, that you two are now together, and it's. It's awesome, and I just love the fact that like you're taking him to Monster Mania, like you're doing all this stuff with him that I never thought I'd ever see Tony do. 
<laughs> and it, it's it's so much fun to to see that happen. So anyway, regardless, but those are mine. I had the blob and the fly from mine. So um, what do you got left on your list? Um, the crazies. Okay. I, I'll give it to you. Um, I think the only okay. reason I even watched the remake is for Oliphant. Yeah. Because um, I'm a huge Timothy Oliphant fan. But I, I don't remember being that crazy about the movie. I enjoyed the movie. I liked the original too. Like, and I, um, the, I don't know if it's a remake or a reboot, but the new Hellraiser movie which I believe is supposed to be a remake. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. A female pinhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was worth watching. I'm hearing it's fantastic. Yeah, it's so I'm calling it a remake and putting it on this list so people who haven't watched it will watch it. Okay, fair enough. I'll give because... you that one because it's on my list to watch too. I mean, I've seen most of the Hellraiser movies. There are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. There, I think there's... Oh god, I think there's like 10 to 12 of them. Oh, see, I was going to go with 8. I might be wrong though. Um, yeah, I I don't know exactly, but um I'm sure I can look it up because I know I have them all on my uh <laughs> I have them all on my server. Um so I I I know that I will I will find them. But yeah, it's um I'm hearing really good things about that movie too. I and, really enjoyed it. And you've already seen it, so you know. Yeah more than anybody um hellraiser movies there are nine so you were close nine okay yeah there are nine of the originals plus this new one makes 10 so i have not seen all of them i've seen i think up to inferno which is five so i haven't seen i haven't seen the last four did you say you've seen them all i've seen them all oh boy and Um, i have a signed uh Headshot from Doug Brad Doug Bradley Bradbury. Oh, am I blanking on his Bradley. name? Doug Bradley. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah. yeah. Pinhead. Pinhead. Um, um yeah. Then, I mean, you're talking, I mean, you're talking about like this is a whole nother topic, a whole nother podcast that you and I could do alone. I mean, but you're talking like Clive Barker, which is along with Carpenter and Romero, who we've already mentioned, like Clive Barker is another just freaking master. Of horror. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Hellraiser idea is brilliant. Yeah. The Hellraiser, yeah. The Hellraiser franchise is alone. I mean, but you're talking, um, God, Candyman and Candyman. I didn't know if that the new movie was a remake or not. So I left that off my list, but I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the new one. I think the, new I liked one is, it. I think it's a remake. I think I that would have qualified it. for a remake. I don't like it as much as the original, but I liked it. But then again, I like the actor, so that leads me towards liking it. Yeah, um, fair enough. I have Last House on the left on here. Which, I don't think I've seen... Okay, I don't think I've seen the remake or the original of Last House, Last House on the Left. I mean, it's... Um, some people could file... It's not scary horror. It's like torture porn horror. You know, it's... okay. It's real life home invasion type of stuff. Isn't that also what the strangers is? Yeah, it's I thought the strangers was a remake of that, too. When I first saw that, I'm like, oh, this is last house on the left. But then I think like a month later, last house on the left, the, re- the new one came out. I mean, it's it's visceral. 
it sticks with you. Um, I remember watching The Strangers with Liv Tyler and being incredibly bored. I, I like. I, I remember. Like, I didn't I got, watch it. I got halfway through that movie and I'm like, "This is boring." Yeah, Last House on the Left. I I liked because it's not. It's I. I'll kind of put it under survival horror because it's people trying to survive home inv- a home invasion. So it's kind of like the purge. Yeah. Okay. It's the purge before the purge. It's, you know, like there's elements of all the horror. I mean, it's definitely a horror movie. It's definitely scary, but. And then I... the last big one I have on here is the Hills have eyes. Okay. I'll give you this one. Uh, I, I enjoy the original. I do too. Um, but the remake is pretty good. Uh, I like and, and I think I remember watching the remake, um, because I was watching lost at the time and I think it's, it's, it's Emily Duravin, I think is, yeah, is, is in the I remake, so. right? Yeah. 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 yeah you're is. right. I made the lost connection too. That's, I think, I mean, it was a horror movie, so I was going to go see it, but didn't matter, but yeah, because that came out in 2006, which I think was right around the end of Lost. Um, and I remember being a huge Claire fan and loving Emily Duravin from Lost. And I remember seeing her cast in this movie and, and announced. And I think that was what drew me to it. And then I ended up actually enjoying the movie. But the original yeah, I, is just a classic. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so much so that they brought the characters into weird science. <laughs> like that yeah. was just that was brilliant. And what yeah, I loved held- about that too is it was actually the actors from the movie that and played the I, characters. And I still think I like the original better than the remake, so that's why it gets an honorable mention. Like it was good, it was enjoyable, but I don't think it was better than the original. But it wasn't the topic was not better. It was No, his favorite. Yeah. Favorites. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, we haven't mentioned him yet because we meant, you know, we just mentioned Clive Barker and we mentioned Carpenter and Romero. I mean, you talk about the Hills Have Eyes, now we're talking Wes Craven who is another one. I mean, look, the Scream, the Scream movies alone make him oh. a brilliant horror director and writer. Fre- Freddy Krueger is the most brilliant horror yeah. idea ever because if it gives you nightmares, it's real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which is, I like mean, that- I, I, like, I feel like you and I could do a podcast just on Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> like we could like because you and I both adore that movie so much. Love that movie. Like that we could probably do an entire podcast just talking about Freddy versus Jason. As a matter of fact, listeners, let me know if you want to hear that. Because if you want to hear it, we'll do, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll um, do it. You and I will get back together and just talk Freddy versus Jason. But I I'm mean, like that, that that was one of the things that always got me was when they set up Freddy versus Jason, like we get to that at the end of I think it's um whatever Friday the 13th movie it was, where the mask is lying on the ground and Freddy's glove comes up, grabs the mask, pulls it down. Kane Hodder gets to play both roles. Gets credited yeah. as both Freddy and Jason. Um, wait, was no, he wasn't, was he? Oh, yes, he was. In that movie, he was. In yeah. that movie, he was credited as both because he was the hand that He was the hand down, that, that so came up, he, yeah. He got credited as both actors, at both characters. But that, but that was always like, okay, like, how are they going to make that happen? Because Freddy's in Dreams... 
and Jason's in real life. So how does it make it work? And then it was absolutely brilliant that spoiler alert, they put Jason to sleep and he pulls Freddie out. And now Freddie is in the, is in the real world. And it's, it's fucking brilliant. And I love it. It's so good. I feel like I need, I already have my, like I'm on you tonight, so I can't watch it, but I feel like sometime between now and Halloween, Sorry for all of you listening to this now, since it is Halloween. Um, for those of you listening, I will have watched it by the time you're hearing this. <laughs> I probably will have as well. I will fit it in somewhere. Yeah, good enough. Fine. Um, but you know what movie I always wanted to see? Freddy versus Pinhead. I think that would be the better movie, honestly. I have, and I might have to break this out and let you borrow it if you're interested in reading it. I have a graphic novel that is Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I know of that one. I haven't read it, but I do know of that one. And it is amazing. And there were talks for a time of making a movie and they kind of fell away. They kind of fell apart. I would have watched the shit out of that. (laughs) Because I mean, and I think Michael's in it. Not Pinhead, but I think Michael's in it. Um, Yeah. See, I always want, like, because it's supposed to be Brain versus Brawn, but I want to see Brain versus Brain, like, those two going at it and torturing somebody. Like, you're going to be begging for death by the time they're done with you. Yeah. Like, ugh, those two going after somebody together or against each other? Either way, I'm down for this movie. We... You know what? I don't know if we're, if we'll do it before then, but if not, we're gonna maybe next October we'll do this. I I feel like taking a deep dive into the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise with you would actually be a lot of fun because that franchise alone—it's one of my favorite horror franchises of all time—is Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it's above Friday the Thirteenth for me. It's—I mean, ch- I love Child's Play, but it's above that. It's above Hellraiser. Like, I think Nightmare on Elm Street is probably my favorite horror franchise of all time, and. The evolution of that frame. I know we're getting off topic. We're we're wrapping up our honorable mentions and everything, but it's <laughs> well, a Halloween. Done, yeah. I think we're done with the honorable mentions. It, so it's we'll a Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a Halloween episode. It is what it is. You're going to deal with it. Um, <laughs> but the evolution of that franchise, and not just the franchise, but the character himself in Freddy Krueger, is so dramatic. But like in actually like a good way like in that first movie he is dark he is evil he is a dream like demon and he's all about killing but you fast forward towards the end of that franchise in particular freddy's dead a final nightmare and he is not only the villain he is also the comic relief yeah of the movie like he's got these quips that he does like at one point he breaks out a nintendo power glove to control somebody like (laughs) It is so ridiculous, but yet still works in the dynamic of the franchise. And to watch that franchise kind of develop and evolve to that character and then take a dramatic divert back to the original Freddy in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which in itself is brilliant because that brings Freddy into the Freddy universe. Like it's, he's not a movie character. I mean, he's still a movie character, but he's now he's a 
demon who has been brought about by the characters that played these characters. Like Heather Lankenclant plays herself. Robert England plays himself. Wes Craven plays himself. Like it is fucking brilliant. It's amazing. And then you bring in, and then just when you think the franchise couldn't do anymore, you bring in Freddy versus Jason. And now you're combining two franchises in putting them, pinning them against each other. And it's, and I, I would even say like, it's one I didn't put on my list, but the nightmare on Elm street remake with Jackie or Haley even has its moments where it's pretty it good. It has its moments. Um, it's not great. I don't, it's not great. It has its I, moments. Don't, I don't love, I don't love what they did with the backstory. Um, I, I was, I more... owe it. I owe it another watch. I only watched it once and I wasn't happy and I didn't go back to it. I owe it another watch. It was, I, it was my end movie in my, in my A to Z this year. Um, so I, I did just rewatch it not too long ago and it's, it's enjoyable, but again, it wasn't enough to make my top five or any of my honorable mentions because the original franchise is just so good. Yeah. That the, just the remake just did not live up. It wasn't to it. it yeah. I was less crazy about the makeup that they did. on. Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I didn't love Freddie in the remake. And if you don't love Freddie, then what the fuck's, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Jackie Earl Haley was great. I mean, he did the best he could with what he had. But, but yeah, I just I didn't like I didn't like the makeup. Um, I wasn't crazy about Freddie's look like. Yeah. And you're and the, the backstory was kind of lacking. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's OK. It's enjoyable, but it's not it's not great. It's not what. Yeah, it's not what everybody was looking for. Yeah. Though so I'm going to see Robert England. Hopefully he doesn't, ba- you know, hopefully all the. Planets Align, I get to go I, see Robert E. I next know month. you are, and there's a part of me that's thinking just to put my differences aside and go meet him, because I want to meet him. I'm taking my sweet, adorable little five-year-old who is obsessed with Freddy. <laughs> Which cracks me up so she much. She has never seen the movie, so she doesn't understand why. <laughs> but being my child and being in a house that has all kinds of horror stuff around, she gravitated towards Freddy. And like as a three-year-old, maybe maybe even two-year-old she'd be like mom you know i have you know some little like plush animals that i'd let them play with and then she's like mommy I want, you know she, you know she'll look at my phone she's like mommy i want to look at pictures of freddie so i try and find some you know like g-rated stuff and then she's like mommy he's on fire and then from then mommy i want to see pictures of freddie on fire <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's i i have i want to read his book i want to read i want to read robert's book i um, didn't know he had one yeah he does he's, he's got a book out and it I, i'm very curious because when you when you hear Robert England's name, and it's it's, and it's weird because I I say England, but some people say England. I've always uh, heard it as England. I, I think yeah. I don't I th- know that I'm. I, I don't think know that it I'm is right. England. No, I actually do think it is England. I think I've just been saying it wrong. Um, it, it, I would I would like to see how he has adapted because when you hear his name, Freddie's the first thing you think of, of course. And he's but it, it, he's done a ton of other work. So, but it's kind of hard to shake that. But I think he, like, I think he kind of accepts it. And I think he actually enjoys it. Even though he's yeah, played mean, these other roles. I mean, Kane's the same way. You say Kane Hodder, you think Jason. See. And he's been in other stuff. He's been great in other stuff. Like, but he embraces Jason. I, yeah, it's. Um, actually, he's done. I have a. Uh, Camp Crystal Lake Memories book. That's where I get most of my Friday. That's where I get all of my Friday Thirteenth autographs. 
And um, there's a Freddy versus Jason section in the back, a big, you know, double page Freddy versus Jason. And <laughs> Kane signed um, on the Jason part. This should have been me. <laughs> it, well, because he's absolutely right. 100% right. That is, it should have been him in the movie. My only complaint with that movie is it's not Kane. That's my only complaint with that movie. See, you see, I know a lot of people when they think of Kane Hodder, they go to Friday the 13th, like you mentioned. And and, and my brain does too, but my brain kind of splits it with Hatchet. Hatchet is also excellent. and Because the Hatchet movies are fantastic. And they are. They're absolutely... But so he's I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, and Robert England's Freddy, and and Doug Bradley is Pinhead. Pinhead, it, you know, yeah, and you just, um, I mean, Brad Dourif is Chucky. Brad Dourif will always be Chucky. Um, although that's just in voice alone. No, no, that's not in voice alone because he does play Charles Lee Ray in the first movie before he becomes that, Chucky. Oh yeah, that yeah he does. He's the actor that plays Charles Lee Ray before he becomes possessed into the doll. And I love the Charles the show. Have you seen the uh, show? I have not, but I've heard it's great. The first I've only watched the first season. Fantastic. Yeah, like, I heard it's great. Uh, better than the movies, I think, honestly. I would actually love to get Brad Dourif on this podcast. Um, I met him at one of the Monster Manias. He I've was... been he's at this current Monster Mania. Is he? Yeah, he's there again. Oh. Yeah, he's there again. Um, there's actually quite a few people that are gonna be at Monster Mania that I wouldn't mind um, um meeting. And I know yeah. this is this is kind of all for people who aren't local to our area, you're kind of gonna miss this. Um <laughs> but uh there's yeah, there's the girl from the opening scene of Jaws is gonna be there. I'm so excited. Uh Robert England is there, Corey Taylor from Slipknot is there, Heather Lankencamp from Nightmare on Elm Street, as we just mentioned. Yeah, there's a big night. Uh, a lot nightmare. of Nightmare on Elm Street people. Yeah, there's a nightmare yeah. reunion. Uh, Marley Shelton from Scream is there. Devin Sawa from Idle Hands. I'm kind of excited about that one. David Morrissey, who I've worked with a number I of times. I am so excited about that one. I've I've met I've, I've worked with David, and David is he's so he's so delightful. Now these ones, these ones alone are enough to probably get me to go. With the exception of Robert England, who is already enough. Uh, Duncan Rager Ash and Ashley Bank from Monster Squad. Uh, Duncan Rager played Dracula in Monster Squad. And Ashley Bank played Phoebe, the little girl. Uh, those are enough to possibly <laughs> get me to go there. Look, I've got my weekend passes already. When is it? I'm 15 minutes for uh, November 11th, 12th, and 13th. Oh, it's right around my birthday. It's the weekend before my birthday. Oh, okay. I was I was wrong. It's not. Um, it's John Casser, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, who is at. Yes, I know that one. Um, and I've been actually speaking with him. Uh, him and I have actually been speaking back and forth a number of times about him coming on the podcast. So it might not be a bad idea to go and actually introduce myself in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that could help him. That can kind of push it a little bit to uh, to happen. Uh, Danielle Harris, who is just a huge mainstay in horror conventions. Uh, Jamie. I was Rob- always, she was Jamie in a horror yep. movie. I always yeah. loved her. Um, and Robin Lively, Blake Lively's sister and Ryan Reynolds' sister-in-law is also going to be there. Teen Witch. Yeah. And Karate Kid Part 3. 
<laughs> if you're, hey, look, I mean, we're mentioning this, so we might as well plug it, even though I hate the people that run this show. Sorry. Uh, but I mean, if you're in the area, it's in Oaks, PA, uh, Monster Mania. This is Monster Mania 52. They do two of these every year, and this one's going to be a great Three Rose. now. They do one in Maryland now, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Is that a hotel show, too, or is it just... It's a hotel show, and it's apparently 10 minutes from Wendy's house. <laughs> oh, nice. <There laughs> if you want to play Small World. <laughs> but, yeah, but they're November... also... You skipped right over the Terrifier people. Uh, no, I, I didn't. Um, I've never I've never seen them, so... Um, but yeah, I know the, the guy, David Howard Thornton, who plays mm-hmm. Art the Clown, is doing a picture in costume. Which... I go back and forth on the picture in costume thing. Because if I'm spending that kind of money, I want to make damn sure you know who's behind that mask. True. It could just be a cosplayer. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know. Uh, that's my again, personal thing. I can understand why other people would want the picture, if, the in-costume picture. So that's just my personal belief. But yeah, if you're local to the area, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, November 11th through the 13th, Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks. Again, I hate plugging them, but... <laughs> It's a horror. It's a Halloween episode. Might as well. There's I mean, look, I may not like the guys that run the show, but the guests deserve the attention. So there's a lot of great guests that are going to be there. So if you get the opportunity to go and see them, go and see them. And my son is going to go to his very first con. There you go. And you're going to drag Tony to like not drag him. He's going willingly now. Um, oh, yeah. This will be like his second one, right? Or third? Third. Third. That's right. He went to third. the one at Oaks last year. No, he? he didn't go to Oaks. He went. He did the two in Cherry Hill because at he was living. He lived ten okay. minutes from the Cherry Hill one. Yep. <laughs> so it was convenient, and it was the and you know Dexter was his favorite show. So dragging him to his first con that was a good intro into con life. Yeah, because they had a lot of Michael C. Hall and a lot of and Jennifer Carpenter. A lot of those Dexter people were there at the last show. Yeah. Um, I, again, I I may not be crazy about the con itself, see? but the guests are great. Right. Right. There is all the autographed Dexter stuff. You can kind of see some blood splatter <laughs> behind me. Uh, it's tough to see on, yeah. on here. Underneath but. the Death Star. <laughs> that is a Death Star. That's what I thought that was. <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you're listening, you're missing out. You got to check out the video on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah I, under, I, I see the Death Star. Underneath the Death Star is a picture, a signed picture of Michael C. Hall. And then Tony had these awesome uh, coasters that were blood splatter. They the looked blood like the splatter slides. slides. Yep. And he got those all signed. So that's... I would have gone for that too, especially considering that was Michael C. Hall's first con. Yeah. So He was like, I was like, hey, it's your first con. How's it going? You know, what do you think? He's like, I was so worried nobody was going to show up. I don't know why he would have thought that. (laughs) Hey, you know what? If you're you're the kind of person with anxiety, like you get it. Even if there's no reason behind it, you still worry about stuff. How much are tickets? Damn it. I hate that I'm even... (laughs) I hate that I'm even considering this, but I mean, there's a lot of people. I, so here's a question for me. Cause again, I've somebody, I've only attended this con once and it was as somebody who was promoting something. I've never been there as a guest. I've never been there as press because they don't allow it. Um, do you have to pay for autographs or do you just wait in line? You have to pay for autographs. Um, you so have it's, to pay. it's kind of like another, any other show where you usually pay at it's the like, table. You pay at the table. Yeah, you pay cash okay. at the table. Um, and then I think Corey Taylor and Robert England are not doing photo ops, are not doing photos at their table. They're only doing their photo ops. Professional op. photo ops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everybody else, yeah. 
It makes sense because they want to move the line through a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, so they'll, they'll just, do scheduled photo ops. Stinks for me because I got to get, you know, I've got two things that I want to get autographed and then <laughs> I need a picture of him with my daughter. Like that has to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, there's I have to um, for the photo op. Oh, it's, oh, that's silent night, deadly night. Never mind. Not black Christmas. I saw somebody. I know. If it was um, black Christmas, I'd been way more excited. Silent night, deadly night has its, I watch it at Christmas time, but there you go. So it's not, um, black Christmas is better. <laughs> black Christmas is definitely better. Like I said, I'll, I, I would go alone just to kind of talk to John Casser. Cause I really want to get him on the podcast. Um, I want to make it happen because I, I love tales from the crypt. So to get to have a conversation with the crypt keeper would just be fantastic. And to me, Robert England is also, Robert you know, England. I was supposed to work with him in March and then he pulled out of the show that I was running and I, it never happened. So just to get to meet him would be fantastic. And hang uh, out with me. That's true. Yeah, hang, I, and hang out with you and Tony, which we need to do. And the children. The children are and, actually coming this time. And the children. Uh, but let's get ready to wrap this up. Um, anything you want to plug uh, as far as podcasts that you're working on, podcasts that you're listening to, or just stuff that you're a fan of, any movies that you like? Like it's This is your couple minutes to plug what you want to plug. Um. I just did, if you want to listen to uh, bad 80s horror movie coverage, oh, uh, <laughs> watch it in the 80s with our friend Damien, um, which I think he's releasing on Halloween or maybe it's Friday before Halloween, but it'll be out by the time you're listening to this. Um, Halloween part three, season of the witch, the movie that doesn't go along with any of the others because it was an, supposed to be an anthology series. Yes. And people got disappointed. There was no Michael Myers, so they went back to Michael Myers in Halloween 4. Right. Um, we already mentioned Sandman cast, which watched the show. They better make a season two. Um, Look, Sandman if, is amazing. If they can do a season two of Good Omens, they can do a season two of Sandman. Exactly. And Neil Gaiman has said, if Netflix doesn't pick it up, he's allowed to take it elsewhere. It, in my opinion, because of his relationship with Amazon, it'll go to Amazon and it'll Probably. be made and it'll be fine. Yeah, and Good Omens... Likely. Yeah. Um, and then if it ever comes back, Mark and I are going to cover season two of Invincible. I think it's coming back. They said that, but it was yeah. supposed to come back this year and it didn't. It was supposed to be back this summer and it didn't. Well, I think even I think Amazon got it a little delayed in some of the stuff that they were putting up, because I think even um, Wheel of Time, I think, got pushed back a little bit, too, because that's a that's um, that's me, Wendy and Greg. We cover Wheel of Time for Podcastica. And I don't even think that's premiering. I don't even think season two is premiering this year. I could be wrong about that. Um, it's probably something we should know, <laughs> considering we podcast on it. Um, um, that's all the stuff I'm on. But if you want to listen to a good, you know, sometimes I like the real life scary stuff. Whether you believe in it or not, I find it at least fun to listen to. Uh, there's a podcast called Spooked. Okay. Um. It's real life horror um, or real life scary stories. Uh, the first season was all American. Now they're kind of going worldwide with the scary stories. Um, it's so it's, it's it's real life scary stories, not just real life. Okay, yeah, like um, there's a score. There's uh, one of the stories that sticks with me is like uh, a guy fighting in Iraq, and like ghosts that come into like this house that they're hiding in. And you then could, the one that was, go ahead. 
And then there was one this week um, about a guy, you know, I forget where they were from, but some, you know, beach country and they were going looking for turtle eggs and this ghost kind of chased him off. And he went home and like told his mom and she's like, that's why you're not supposed to go out there at night. So I told you not to go there. <laughs> like, I know they're there. Have you see, this is something I would like to put together. Cause this is something I've been wanting to do again for a while. And I just haven't had the opportunity to do it, but now maybe I kind of got a little bit of a fire, especially if it's something you would be interested in doing. Have you ever done an actual paranormal investigation? Uh, half-assed ones, not real. Okay, I've done actual paranormal. I used to be part of a group that did them. And I have been, I haven't done it in over a decade. I would love, because they've kind of fallen off as far as popularity. Like, they still happen, but they're not as mainstream as they were for a while. Like, we had Ghost, ghost Hunters and all these shows that were focusing on it, and it made them really mainstream. And now, like, they don't, they're not as mainstream, but they still happen. Like there are still groups out there that still do them. My 90 some odd year old grandmother used to watch ghost hunters because when they went to Italy, she watched it with my cousin and she's like, Jamie, I heard the ghost talking in Italian. How can I not believe now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember doing this one. Um, we were doing this one house that was, it was, th it was four floors. Fourth floor was the attic. And we had an odd number of people that were there, but we had enough to do two people per floor with seven people. So we had two people per floor and one person had to be by themselves. Even though you're technically not supposed to in a paranormal investigation, you're always supposed to have at least one person with you when you walk around just in case something happens. Um, not even something paranormal, like just anything happens. There's always somebody there to be your backup. And I remember like we went against protocol and it was like, okay, we're going to do two people per floor. One person's got to be by themselves or they're just going to sit while, and we'll do another floor. And I was so amped. I was like, I'll take the attic. <laughs> and everybody was like, um, you can have it. I was like, yep, I'll take it. It's mine. And I just, I went up there and I sat on the floor with a EMP and voice recorder or EMF and a voice recorder. I sat up there for like three hours and I just found a dark, I was sitting in the dark for like three hours, just talking because that's what you're supposed to do yeah. to get them to reply. And you don't always hear them reply. That's what the, the, the recordings are for. And every once in a while they would come up and check on me. They would just come to the bottom of the stairs and yell up. They're like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, yeah, good. And that was it for like another hour. And then I would just sit there and I was loving it. I was loving every second of it. There's ghost dogs in my house. According I to Alice. Your, your house cannot not be haunted. Right. You live next to a cemetery. Yes. Like you. It's what made. <laughs> it, I, like I remember when we did the Game of Thrones finale party at your house and we had the screen outside. Like we had a cemetery behind the screen and we had a storm moving in with lightning. But no rain. Awesome. It was like the perfect environment for an outdoor an outdoor viewing. Like it couldn't have been any better. It was like a chilly overcast night. There was lightning happening, but no rain and no thunder. And there was a cemetery behind the screen. It was perfect. It was awesome. It was so cool. Uh, Wait, anything no, else? Alice says, Alice says oh, there's ghost dogs. There has she to says be. That, yeah. I can't see your house not being haunted. The kids 
definitely will look or like Alice used to say hi to doggies and we didn't have any doggies in the house. Um, and then Malcolm, there was a certain spot where when he was little, he has stopped it now, but he would always wave and go, hi, hi. <laughs> like, oh God. I, I think my apartment, I think my, I think my apartment's haunted. I've had, I had a glass lid to a pot that was on top of my refrigerator fly off and shatter. Um, and I have electronics randomly turn on. Um, and I've had my plugs checked for like surges and things like that. Um, the TV in my kitchen turns on randomly by itself. And then um, I have, I'm not using them right now, but right here in my studio area, uh, for those of you watching the, the video on YouTube, I have two lights in front of me that are not on right now. Um, they're actually switched off because if I turn them off with the remote, whatever lives in my apartment with me will randomly turn them on Alice's and, not, room light. and not just turn them on, turn them on to full brightness. <laughs> like I, I will have them on and if they're already on, they will pick one and just force it to full bright. So like there were times I would be sitting here recording or streaming on Twitch with these lights on in front of me. Like I said, they're not on right now. And all of a sudden, one of them would just go full bright and almost blind me. Alice's room, the light, not often, but every so often just goes all the way. Now, I do have smart switches, so you can chalk it up to that. But I have smart switches in all the rooms, and that's the only room it happens in. Yeah. And I don't have her, smart switches. Yeah. And her her room, like, I always turn the light really, really, really low before, you know, when I'm putting her to sleep. And when it kicks on, it kicks on full blast. And again, smart switches are on all of the rooms, and that's the only room that it kicks on, you know, at two or three o'clock in the morning sometimes. I, I've just gotten to the point where I'm like, look, you're not benevolent. Or, I mean, you're benevolent. You're not aggressive. Yeah. So we're cool. Like, I, yeah. I'm fine living with you as long as you're not violent. You like know. I said, Alice says there's there's doggies in her room. So as long as they're as long as they're benevolent, it's they seem to be fine. Yep. Nobody's gotten I, hurt. Exactly. I'm fine. Real with or it. not. I'm fine with it. Yep. And I've had, and I've had people like ask me like, well, how could your apartment be haunted? Like, it's not like th there was no violence or anything that happened. I'm like, well, like, look, one of the things you realize and one of these things that you learn when you do paranormal investigations is that shit can follow you home. Like it, it can attach itself to you and follow you home. Like you're, you're wherever you live. This is a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> And I promise we're going to wrap this up. All of you listening, um, <laughs> we're like, it can attack whatever entity is there. Your home does not have to have had any kind of violent activity. Doesn't have to be built on a cemetery or be next to a cemetery or whatever. Like entities can attach themselves to you and follow you. So like whatever's here is probably something that attached to itself to me while I was doing an investigation. And followed me home. And it could be it found comfort in me, like it, or it could just be a random attachment. It could be whatever, but whatever it is, if there's something here, it's benevolent, it's not violent. Therefore, I'm not concerned. It just does little things to get my attention. And that's it. Yeah. And all of you skeptics out there are like, oh, whatever. You don't have to believe. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to believe. I'll 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 go back to taking more THC edibles, which you could probably pin that on. 
I don't even know why I said that. That was so random. So anyway, any other things you want to plug <laughs> before we get out of here? Uh, I think I plugged everything that I'm a part of. Okay. Uh, so then as for me and this podcast, uh, if you're not already, please subscribe to the podcast. And the easiest way to do that is to just visit and we put it up on the screen. Uh, visit wilhelmpodcast.com, which is where you can go to find the links to wherever the podcast can be. Or you can just go on whatever, wherever it is you find podcasts and search for Wilhelm. It is the only podcast of its name. So it's very easy to find. And that is intentional. Uh, also, follow me on social media facebook.com slash the Wilhelm podcast or on Instagram and Twitter at Wilhelm podcast. Uh, once you uh, also be sure to leave a review, I, I should have all this shit just written so I can read it. Instead, <laughs> I like verbally vomited out every week. Um, also be sure to leave a review as they help the, the podcast grow. So whether it's on Facebook or wherever it is, you listen to podcasts, uh, please leave the review. Um, if you can uh, follow my Twitch my personal Twitch, twitch.tv slash I am Ben Beck for Twitch streaming. I'm going to be getting back into that in November uh, and you'll be, I'll be doing some great gaming and things like that. And of course, keep an eye out for announcements for coming soon for the live weekly web series. That's going to be starting probably towards the end of November, if not beginning of December. Uh, I'll, it'll just be me and a couple guests for about an hour every week. And the cool thing about it is that it's going to be, kind of dictated and run by the viewers. The viewers and their comments are what's going to drive the conversation. It's not going to be like this with top five. It's going to be whatever the viewers want us to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about in the chat. So it's going to be a lot of fun and very uh, viewer interactive. And that's going to be streaming live every week once it launches on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And last but not least, speaking of YouTube, as I mentioned a couple times throughout this, there are now video versions of this. So if you're listening to this and not watching the video version of it, you can go to, yay, we're waving. <laughs> um, uh, there is no, I don't have a direct URL for YouTube yet. Once I get it to 100 subscribers, I'll have that. So until that time, you can just go to the show notes of this podcast and the direct link for the YouTube page will be in there. Please go there. Please subscribe to the page if you don't already. Help me get to those 100 so that I can... Do I'll the, the do custom. Right there we go. Uh, so that I can do that custom URL to make it easier to find. I think that is it for this. Uh, two new episodes coming in November. As I said, uh, you know, as I mentioned, this is every other week. So the next episode as you're hearing this on Halloween, will be on November 14th. I haven't decided what that episode is going to be yet. Uh, so if you have ideas, please hit me up on social media for something that you want to hear. And I think that is it. Any final notes from your end? Watch horror movies. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's Halloween already by the time you're listening, but that doesn't mean, look, you can, watch, you can watch horror movies all year long. All year long. And so, Black Christmas. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I got a couple from this episode that I need to go back and rewatch, like Amityville and Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw. So I got a couple on my list I got to rewatch. Freddy versus Jason for sure. <laughs> just because I love that movie. I got to see so, if Tony's so seen much. that movie. Show it to him anyway. Well, yeah. Make him watch it whether you've seen it or not. I made him watch Jason X. Oh, God. <laughs> I look, I, I, I criticize... 
That movie has probably one of my favorite Friday the 13th moments of all time in that movie. Exactly. I mean, the scene where he is just swinging the sleeping bag against the tree is just, it is. It's my favorite in all of them. Yeah. It is probably my favorite scene out of any Friday the 13th movie. It is so funny and brilliant at the same time. It's just, it's, God, it's that, so good. And the. I'm supposed actually I'm supposed to be recording uh covering it with Mark on Adrenaline Cinema at some point in time. So spoilers to anybody who's gonna listen to that podcast, but the other scene that I absolutely adore is when the teacher's like, Don't worry, guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Everything's fine now. <laughs> I think the only other scene in in all the Friday the thirteenth movies that I just love. Um, for some reason stands out as one of my favorites is actually from Jason takes Manhattan. And it's the scene where he's on the rooftop and the dude is like boxing him and he's pushing Jason back to the end of the building. All he's got to do is hit Jason one more time to knock him off the building. But instead he gives Jason a free shot like a jackass (laughs) and Jason pops his head off with one punch. It's like, come on, dude. Like it's no wonder people are stupid and hard. Why would you give him a free shot? Like, that's so stupid. Anyway, um, that being said, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Wilhelm. Uh, keep an eye on social medias and the website and everything to find out what the next episodes are going to be and how you can contribute. But thank you so much for being a part of the Wilhelm family. And until next time, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Bye.